Happy Monday. Thank you for being with us. Write down our toll-free number. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this program. All right. There are way too many issues now going on around the country. There's a lot to discuss today as it relates to policing efforts, rioting that takes place, attitudes towards police officers, police, their behavior, a lot going on, and none of it is good. And then, and and in the middle of this this trial of Officer Chauvin and the George Floyd case, all happening simultaneously, we watched over the weekend as Antifa members and rioters in Portland. Although, of course, we don't call them rioters if you're in the media mob or you're a Democrat. Never mentioned it during his Democratic convention. All the rioting that took place, and never mentioned. Nobody seemed to want to mention that the bail fund of that Kamala Harris promoted to let those people part of those, uh, quote, activities that help them get out of jail or the no bail law in New York and the idea that they'd have no bail anywhere, which is madness. But anyway, over the weekend, we saw Antifa rioters in Portland, Oregon, set a U.S. Immigration Customs Enforcement building on fire while ICE agents remain trapped behind blocked doors. That fire beginning after rioters smashed the windows on the upper floors of the building. And this has been months long siege of this ice facility in Portland. And um, literally, you could see the windows smashed, fire set in the front of the building. Officers remain trapped behind blocked doors. They set it on fire while federal officers are inside. And uh, it is, I mean, these are scary times that we're living in here. Very scary. We have a New Mexico police officer by the name of Darian Jarrett, tragically shot and killed during a routine traffic stop, set off a 40-mile chase earlier this year. They finally released a video of this. Uh, and ending with the suspect also dying in that shootout. Well, now we have the video. You can see how dangerous a cop's job is every single day. Uh, Over the last 24 hours, we've seen a a rash of incidents now occurring around the country. Uh, We have uh, even fake news CNN talked about this. Uh, We have three police officers were injured during a police chase in Georgia that ended with one suspect being killed there and a second suspect taken into custody. According to authorities this morning, that chase began with a Georgia state trooper, you know, clocking a a car traveling 111 miles an hour on Interstate 20. It was 3.30 in the morning. Captain Brandon Dawson of the state patrol said at a news conference, the trooper pursued the car stopped and drove away. The two suspects continued into Carrollton County on Highway 61. The passenger leaned out of his window, fired rounds into a a, a city of, of Carrollton police officer's vehicle, resulting in an officer being struck, another hitting a utility pole. Richard said that the sergeant, the officer struck by gunfire, flown to an Atlanta area medical center, had to undergo surgery. The suspects continued towards the city of Villa Rica where police chiefs there said the suspects fired multiple rounds at officers, striking one of the officers two times. Out in Long Island and New York today, a cop is in critical condition after a driver of a Mercedes stabbed him during a routine traffic stop Saturday night. The Suffolk County officer in a Mark Cruiser 
He saw, you know, this uh, the suspect, Jonathan Nunes, 25, driving a Mercedes erratically without headlights in and around the Patchogue area. Anyway, the Mercedes was pulled over. Nunes got out of the vehicle, began fighting with the officer in the front yard of a of a home during the confrontation. Uh, the officer was stabbed in the leg, hitting an artery. Two good Samaritans thankfully responded and and got officers that got control of Nunes, took him into custody. Um, and, you know, as I said, yeah, the, the, the video released in New Mexico. That's that. This is just, I'm not even going over, gone over half the stuff that's happened this weekend. I mean, it's all frightening. You know, a lot of I, I, there's so much. There's a convergence of issues here. Are there are there 1% of deep state operatives that we pointed out regularly on this program that abused their power and that were corrupt? Yeah. All our reporting turned out to be true. But I always went out of my way to point out that the 99% of good people in the FBI, the 99% of good people that in this evil, dangerous world we live in that work in intelligence, that do their jobs to protect us every day, I mean, they're all national heroes. You know, there was some statistics that came out. It was in the New York Post that since the Rayshard Brooks incident in Atlanta, murders in Atlanta surged about 60% in the first three months of this year, according to this report. The city logged 167 reported shootings since January 1st. That's up 50% from just a year ago. Atlanta Police Department's taken to social media begging residents to please stop shooting each other. And I'm not sure if, you know, going on Facebook or Twitter is going to help that. Um, but it's it, none of this is good for anybody if we don't have good cops able to protect and serve the innocent in our society. Um, now, we have this case, and we expect at some point the Minnesota governor is going to speak out about this, but... Even in that case, the Minnesota governor, I guess, has already just weighed in anyway uh, on their own. I mean, this just broke a little while ago um, that uh, apparently I, I don't have the exact quote in front of me here. Oh, here it is. Minnesota's governor blaming the police for, quote, killing yet another black man, quote, unquote, according to the Washington Post, Newsweek, CNN. We had riots in the city of Minneapolis over what happened now the now the guard has been called up in in minnesota we don't have all the facts in this case yet we know that the police chief said it was an a- accidental discharge according to the 500 national guard personnel have been activated in the twin cities and the police chief outside of minneapolis released the body cam footage today showing the officer involved in the shooting of a 20 year old by the name of dante wright categorizing this as an accidental discharge. The police chief saying that the officer, uh, in this case, apparently a woman, according to one report, a female police officer, uh, intended to reach for a taser, but mistakenly grabbed her service weapon and deployed a single bullet in that case. Both the chief and the mayor declined to release the officer's name at this time. Again, this is all going on at the height of the the George Floyd Chauvin trial that's happening. 500 Minnesota National Guard personnel have been activated across the Twin Cities. So that's that's now going on at the time. Uh, you know, we had, you know, all those riots that took place. Remember the burning of the police precinct? 
and all that went down in Minneapolis after the Floyd incident. And now we have more riots uh, going on there, and we don't have all the facts in yet, but I'm not sure why the governor, I guess, is going to be speaking yet again, has you know rushed to judge, judgment in this case. We don't know. We, we need answers. If you know, I don't know what an accidental discharge and the officer meant to use the taser instead of the firearm actually means. And uh, but we we owe it to everybody to try and keep everybody calm till we get the fact and when the facts come in, act accordingly. Uh, Washington Post study, uh, maybe over the last few years, they pointed out America's police officers are shot and killed. Fewer than 20 unarmed African-American males per year. 20 shootings out of millions of otherwise police-civilian encounters that take place. Um, But again, we have to look at each individual case. On top of this, and what the actual statement was, that the Minnesota officer meant to fire the taser, not the handgun, in this shooting in Minneapolis. That's what they're saying. I don't know what happened. Uh, we We don't have the facts yet. But the looting in Minneapolis, the National Guard is activated in Minneapolis. Curfew has now been ordered in the Minnesota city of Brooklyn Center. And after the riots took place and the looting took place last night, um, after this had taken place, and the citywide curfew was issued, 500 people gathered outside of police precinct uh, and the city and clash with officers there, the entire, entire community. It sounds like a tragedy all the way around at the very least. I mean, you're talking about somebody who's 20 years old. Um, and then we it's gone viral, this video. You have a Virginia officer uh, now that has been one of the officers in this case involving this lieutenant has now been fired in this viral video that went out officers that pepper sprayed pointed their guns at an african-american hispanic officer uh, army officer during a traffic stop apparently had picked up a brand new tahoe and was driving it home and it had the the i guess dealer the paper plates for a new car that you sometimes get and so they pulled them over i mean and some people tried to make an issue over the fact that he took a hundred seconds to pull over um It was pretty obvious to me when he put his flashing emergency lights on that he was recognizing the officer was pulling him over and he was looking for a safe place to do it, which, by the way, is is something that is, frankly, a smart practice as as long as you acknowledge. Then they had the the two officers involved in this case. One of them used pepper spray on the lieutenant that was in the car. The police officers commanding to get out of the car, get out of the car, get out of the car. He said, I'm afraid to get out of the car. Uh, and I'm sure that uh, we'll get more details as that they become available in that particular case. But the one officer now in Virginia has been um, fired as a result of that traffic stop. You know, I mean, it's 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 a very fine line we're dealing with here. You got a case of a video showing this New Mexico cop just released during a routine traffic stop. That you know, on the if you're going to argue the police side of it, they have no idea. What is on the other side of that door when they pull somebody over? On the other hand, there are are people now that have genuine fear based on a number of high-profile incidents. 
and the lieutenant did put his hands outside of the car. I, I have my own thoughts that it could have been handled much better, and I don't think I would have handled it that way at all. It got very aggressive from my perspective very quickly, and sometimes it's even the tone of one's voice. Sir, we understand it's just a routine traffic stop. We're asking you gently, can you please exit the vehicle with your hands out so we can see them for the safety of everybody involved versus, you know, screaming commands with guns drawn. Uh, now, I'm not versed in police training to that level, and this is the stuff where training comes into a, a place. You know, you have uh, now this commission in New York. Governor Cuomo wants to have a reimagining commission on the police, and so they decided to put a convicted cop killer on the on this committee to reform the police, a convicted cop killer is convicted of killing a police officer in 1981. Why is he on a board? I mean, it's unbelievable. And the family is like, are you kidding? You got to be kidding me. I know people are going to be critical killer turned homeless advocate. You know, when asked about the reaction to him sitting on the committee, no, I wouldn't put a cop killer on a police reform board. I think I'd pass on that one. We have over in Seattle, we had at least three people, including a two-year-old, shot Sunday afternoon near the Seattle Center District neighborhood. Two-year-old was in critical condition. And now some conflicts apparently rising out there. Unbelievable. And as we roll along, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. I'll tell you where a huge, massive battle is now ensuing. It's now we're losing the name, the definition of words. I mean, it all started with the tweet from Kirsten Gillibrand about what infrastructure is. Paid leave is infrastructure. Child care is infrastructure. Caregiving is infrastructure. I mean, it's every single thing. I guess we can now say words don't have any meanings if you're a radical liberal democrat because everything can just be characterized as infrastructure um and you know who was it that said it i guess it was uh elizabeth warren literally she literally says we now need to stop you know we, we need a new definition of what infrastructure is i'm like no we don't some are calling it oh part of the infrastructure bill home sustainability public housing is infrastructure electric vehicles is infrastructure Home-based care for the elderly and disabled is infrastructure. Uh, Research infrastructure. Ambitious projects too large or complex for existing funding programs is infrastructure. Public schools, infrastructure. Community college infrastructure. Modern federal buildings, modernizing them. That's infrastructure. Okay, that that is basically forcing taxpayers to pay billions of dollars for new Green Deal madness. Climate focused research is infrastructure technology breakthroughs to address the climate crisis infrastructure demonstration of projects for climate research development infrastructure it's all one big lie funding to promote union organizing and and collective bargaining is infrastructure a civilian climate core is infrastructure um, funding to promote union organizing and, and all of this lower drug prices infrastructure Climate jobs, infrastructure. It's unbelievable. It's all one big lie. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. So you got all of these cities, Seattle, Portland, what happened with ICE, 
Minnesota, what happened there, what happened in Virginia, Georgia. We'll talk about a violent year, murder up almost 40% in a sample of 57 large, medium-sized cities. Local murder increases 95% up in Milwaukee in 2020. 78% Louisville, Kentucky. 74% Seattle. 72% Minneapolis. 62% New Orleans. 58% Atlanta. These are massive numbers. New York through the roof. And and what on the on the there's there's a lot of aspects to this. It's it's not. It's got to be a cooperative effort for this to work. We've the police departments need better training. I will concede the point. I think they need a not. I need. I think they need non-lethal alternatives. The Rayshad Brooks case was a perfect case in point. You know, I talked about this gun that I had purchased. It's not a gun. It's well, it looks like a gun, acts like a gun, shoots like a gun, but it shoots projectiles of two pepper sprays and tear gas. It's called Burner, B-Y-R-N-A, a non-lethal alternative. I'd like, I, I much prefer that to the, to the laser tasers that they have, police, because you can literally hit your mark, because I own, I own a couple of them, at 40 feet away. And they're perfecting that technology more and more every day. It gives a non-lethal alternative. The case of Rayshard Brooks, somebody's walking away. You got a non-lethal alternative available to a police officer. I've been saying this for years. Also, more martial arts training, continuing education. That's something I would I would want to see myself. You know, and you got other sides of this. If you look at since the beginning of this year, I, I bet you none of you have heard the names that I'm about to mention to you. Um, because there are a lot of police officers that have died this year alone. You have an agent, um, uh, Carolina Municipal Police Department. Guy's name is Louis the Solomon Conde. Cause of death, gunfire. Agent Luis A. Marrero Diaz, Puerto Rico Police Department. Gunfire, death. Police officer Brandon Stalker, Toledo Police Department. He died this year. This year, 2021. Deputy Sheriff Adam Gibson, Sacramento County Sheriff Department. He died from gunfire this year. Lieutenant Michael Boutte, Hancock County Sheriff's Office, Mississippi. He died of gunfire this year. Special Agent Daniel Alfin. He's an FBI investigator. Department of Justice. He died of gunfire in Florida. You have Special Agent Laura Ann Schwarzenberger, U.S. Department of Justice, FBI, young woman, cause of death, gunfire, Florida. Patrolman Darian Jarrett, New Mexico, that's the one I mentioned earlier, cause of death, gunfire. Police Officer Dominic Jared Wyndham, Stanley Police Department, Virginia, death, gunfire this year. Reserve Deputy... Constable Martinez Mitchum, Second City Court of New Orleans Constable's Office. He died, yeah, in February of this year, cause of death, gunfire. Captain Justice Williams Bedwell, Decatur County Sheriff's Office, Georgia, cause of death, gunfire. Police Officer Kevin Valencia, Orlando Police Department, gunfire. 
police officer Eric Talley, Boulder Police Department. Cause of death, gunfire. Trooper Chad Walker, Texas Department of Public Safety, Texas Highway Patrol. Cause of death, gunfire. Just a few days ago, Sergeant James Smith, Iowa State Patrol. Cause of death, gunfire. I mean, I, now, one question I have is, have any of you heard these names before? With all the murder in, that went on and all the shootings that took place in Chicago, they still have never stopped the, the mayhem and the death and the shootings that go on in that city. I, I kept scrolling the names of innocent people. People shot, people shot and killed. It's in the thousands. And that they didn't lift a finger, Biden and Obama, to, to, to help Obama's home city. It's unbelievable. And now you've got a situation where they're defunding the police, getting rid of the police. And are there a few bad apples? Yeah, there are. But then they, we go in the other direction. You defund the police. Well, who are you going to call? What are you going to do? And many people now, there's a record number of sales of firearms in March because people see what Joe Biden is planning to do in terms of rolling back Second Amendment rights. But if you if you somebody, God forbid, breaks into your house, what do you do? Who do you call? And even if you call 911 and you get through. Whatever is going to happen is likely well over by the time the cops get there, even with the greatest response times. They can't be everywhere at once. And you have the situation of no bail on top of defunding the police. Then things get as nutty in New York as you have a convicted cop killer sitting on a, a commission to reform police. you got to be kidding me. You, you can't even make that up. And the violence continues. Just, I don't have all the answers. I have a few ideas. I, I I happen to, and I have no financial stake in Burner. I, I did meet with the 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 manufacturer, talked to the guy. He's a great guy. Especially, you know, if the cops use a non-lethal alternative that shoots pepper spray and tear gas, the worst case scenario is, you know, the, you're going to have to wash somebody's eyes out and it's painful, but they don't go blind and you don't kill somebody by accident. I think we could absolutely be looking to solutions like that to give police alternatives other than the, you know, firing the lethal weapon. And all training is, you know, center mass is where they're supposed to aim. You know, Joe Biden says, well, shoot him in the leg. It's not, it's not an option. That's not how you train to fire a, 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 a pistol. It's not an option. Anyway, 800-941-SEAN. Senator John Cornyn earlier today actually questioned if Biden is really in charge. We never see Biden. Biden now, on average, less than one event, public event a day. I've never seen a ghost of a president like this. You know, the, remember the, the Biden blitz was nothing. He went to like two places. He actually had to give a, a press conference that he meanders through after having practiced for six days in hiding. Anyway, Cornyn quoted a portion of a political article pointing out Biden is not doing cable news interviews. His limited social media posts online are unimaginably uh, conventional. And, uh, you know, 
his his border czar Kamala Harris doesn't even have time to talk to anybody. 18 days still hasn't been briefed that we can see on our calendar. Not one time on the border as kids are now literally in abusive conditions. I mean, if any, just compare that, those images to anything that you would see in a daycare center. What do you think the reaction would be? A report in the New York Post today that, yep, here we are. We're back to the good old days. The mullahs in Iran have got to be ecstatic. As they're now apparently, Biden's caving on everything. We know he's been pressuring the South Koreans to hand over $7 billion to Iran. Can you imagine that? Even before indirect U.S.-Iranian talks in Vienna had finished up, Team Biden caved. State Department saying, oh, we're ready to lift sanctions on the number one terror regime in the world. Wow. Spokesman Ned Price said Washington is prepared to lift all sanctions that are inconsistent with the Joint Comprehensive Plan of Action. How many more billions are they going to drop on the tarmac for the mullahs in Iran? Is it 63? The last time, I forget how much. By the way, there was a parent, some cyber attack darkened a Iranian nuclear site. Of course, they're blaming us. They're blaming Israel. No evidence that anyone is involved. Uh, U.S. top diplomat is warning Moscow of the consequences of their Russian troop buildup near Ukraine. Now, let's say the hostile actor Putin, which he is, the hostile regime Russia, which they are. Let's say they they decide to do something as it relates to Ukraine. What is Joe Biden going to do? I'm telling you right now, nothing. What is, what is he going to do to stop the communist Chinese from their territorial ambitions with Hong Kong and Taiwan, et cetera, and building islands out in the middle of the Pacific, for crying out loud? Nothing. Not going to do a thing. That's my prediction. Uh, on a side note, we have uh, forensic analysis that is... Uh, on Hunter Biden's laptop, an FBI agent, ex-FBI agent, now finds no evidence of any fake da- data. Cyber forensic experts from Merriman and Associates commissioned to examine the thousands of text messages, emails, photos on the laptop's contents and were found on a copy of the hard drive that the Daily Mail now has as they released some of the images last week. There are more, I'm told, according to my sources, and um, so are, are they going to release what the rest of what's on there? The review found the data on the system before April of 2019 appears to be related to Mr. Biden. Oh, when is big tech going to apologize for for donating that to the Biden campaign and the candidate protection program? By the way, there was a, an article. Where did I see this? CBS News reported in November 2019. Somebody sent it to me. There's a rapper by the name of Kodak Black. I don't know who it is. I've never heard of the person. Have you, Linda, did you ever hear of the person? I have not. Okay, sentenced to nearly four years in prison. Federal weapons charges. Rapper's real name is Bill K. Capri. Pleaded guilty, two counts of knowingly making a false and fictitious written statement in order to unlawfully acquire firearms. Who does that sound like? I don't know. Sounds like Hunter Biden to me. The U.S. District Judge 
Federico Moreno sentenced Kodak Black to 46 months in prison, along with three years of supervised release. In May, prosecutors charged the rapper Pompano Beach for crimes that involved falsifying information on a federal form to purchase three firearms. By the way, apparently Grammy-nominated rapper. Well, Hunter admits that his wife threw the gun away. We know that he lied on when he said he never had any addiction to drugs. Well, why is he allowed to get away with it? Uh, Biden taps uh, Hillary Clinton's email gate co-conspirator to now be the national cyber director. Great. Jake Sullivan's the name. National cyber director. Politico reports Hillary's top national security foreign policy staffer, Jake Sullivan, was one of the authors of messages that appeared on several of Hillary Clinton's email chains recently labeled top secret by the State Department. In early January, they released a 2011 email exchange where Clinton asked Sullivan to send her a talking points document on unsecured network for convenience. Documents scheduled to be forwarded over to Clinton's state secured network. If they can't turn it into non-paper with no identifying heading and and send non-secure. Non-paper is a diplomatic term for a discussion, draft, or memo that does not represent an official position. It's unbelievable. Harry Reid ripped Biden's plan to pack the Supreme Court. That was pretty interesting. I think we'd be better we better be careful in saying we need to expand the Supreme Court. I have no problem with the commission, but I think the commission's going to come back and disappoint a lot of people, they're going to come back and say we should just leave it alone. I, I'm not so sure I agree with that part of it at all. Um, this is now, we now live in this surreal environment. You have, who was it, Jennifer Granholm. We don't want to use past definitions of infrastructure. Everything's infrastructure. Pelosi, Biden's package is not just traditional, it's about human infrastructure. Anything they want to do to advance their Green New Deal, we're going to call infrastructure. Doesn't matter what the program is that has nothing to do with infrastructure. We're just going to call it infrastructure. You know, making diverse neighborhoods across America through zoning laws, infrastructure. Buddha Judge got called out on one of the Sunday programs. Yeah, he was only off by 16.3 million jobs that he said would be because of the infrastructure bill. At best, it's only 2.7. There are now estimates that say a million people will lose jobs. Um, Unbelievable. Definition of infrastructure evolves to meet the American people's aspirations. How do, in other words, how do you lie and get away with it? That's basically what it comes down to. All right, hour two, Sean Hannity Show, toll free. Our number, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. So there is a mass mass migration out of out of states like New York and states like New Jersey and states like Pennsylvania and Michigan and California to states that are much lower taxed if not taxed at all. For example, New York state is about to raise their state income tax level to 15 percent. It will be the nation's highest. So under Joe's tax rate, it's 40 cents of every dollar. New York, New York City combined. Now you're paying 15 cents per for every dollar you make. Uh, so that's 55 cents of every dollar. And that doesn't even begin to cover the high property taxes that you'll pay. 
on top of everything else. And if you want to talk about broken, busted up, dilapidated infrastructure, well, just think all things New York. For all the money that they take in, they spend more than twice the amount of money as the state of Florida for far inferior infrastructure. I mean, it's unbelievable. Even with the the blue state bailout billions that are going to New York, it's only the tip of the iceberg. And the net effect and result is now even Wall Street and and big financial firms, they're all leaving. And high worth individuals, they're all leaving. And they're moving to places like Florida. There's no state income tax. If you know, my I love my financial guys. Whatever you do, Hannity, don't die in New York. I look at them every year and I'm like, okay, I'll try not to. Because if I die in New York, then they get another bite at the Hannity apple, pun intended. And that is that the state takes another 10% of your state. There's no estate tax in Florida. There's no income tax in Florida. Property tax rates far lower in Florida. Then you got the Carolinas. Then you got Tennessee. Then you've got every other red state. And you got Texas. So many options for so many people. Anyway, you know, the, the, one of the biggest problems now, the Republican Party in Albany, the capital of New York, it's it's a veto proof majority in both the state Senate and the state assembly. And then, of course, it's led by, you know, Comrade Cuomo. And so that tax hike is a done deal. And on top of that, then they want more revenues. Sports betting is now going to be coming online, expanding casinos in New York. That's coming online and any other way that they can they can get more money and and into their coffers and their corruption, and that is a swamp in Albany. Now, Congressman Lee Zeldin is a great guy. He's been on this program. We'll talk to him here in a second. Um, he announced he's running for governor in 2022. Uh, this is his first ad out against Andrew Cuomo. The bottom line is this. To save New York, Cuomo's got to go. It's time for new leadership. It's time for Lee Zeldin. He's a congressman, soldier, and family man fighting to protect our wallets, our safety, and our freedoms. Let's be honest. We have one shot left to save our state. Losing is not an option. And Lee Zeldin is the leader who can get it done. We have two choices. We can raise the white flag and surrender to mediocrity, corruption, cover-ups, more job losses, and even higher taxes. We might as well just turn the lights off. Or we can roll up our sleeves and get to work to save our state. That's what I'm going to do as New York's next governor. Let's do it together and show the world the real New York. You can join the fight at SeldonForNewYork.com. All right, Congressman Lee Zeldin is uh, with us. I, 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 we've been friends a long time. You've done a great job in Washington, D.C. You're a good guy. You're one of the few Republicans from New York that represents the state of New York. By the way, I'm like a homeless. I, I am, I'm, I'm not anchored to a state. The only thing New York does for me is take my money. And I don't have any representation. Chuck Schumer is not going to take my call. Kirsten Gillibrand's not going to take my call. Cuomo's not going to take my call. Nobody in the state, except for maybe you and, and Peter King, who recently retired, would take my call. And so 
I, I, can I be very blunt with you, Congressman? And I, I appreciate that you love the state that you grew up in and you want to fix. But you know this is mission impossible. No, I, I don't feel that way. I feel like this has to get done. I, I mean, and those folks up in Albany and those politicians you just listed, they'll take your money. They'll take your freedoms. But right now, people are hitting their breaking point, and they are passionately, emotionally talking about this being a, a last stand. As you just played in that video, when I said losing is not an option, people feel that way. So in, in, in this state, I mean, you, you try to analyze whether or not we have a chance of winning. And the first thing you look at is we're going into a midterm. Who's in the White House? You have a Democrat in the White House. So just on that theory, historically, that means the other party does well. But this is the first time in my lifetime. It's one party, Democratic rule in New York City, Albany, and D.C., and the Democrats are destroying it at every single level. On top of that, we'll be running against a weaker, more flawed opponent, and we're getting an early start to run a great campaign. We're going to win this because we, we have to win this. And, and you just talked about the, the tax increase that was passed last week up in Albany. And what's even more interesting is why the tax increase got passed. It was to pay for a new multi-billion dollar fund for people who are, e- who are illegally in our country. That's why they passed that well, tax now, but, Well, I want to make sure that people understand. Now, we have discussed this in, in the last week and a half, uh, but you're talking about... now, And, and this gets to the hot, heart of things here. And Tom Cotton said it very well. New York's homeless veterans, they're ineligible for the $15,000.6 payments that will be made, one-time payments, to 200,000 illegal immigrants in the state of New York. Let me repeat, $15,600. But veterans are not eligible for that money. Only illegal immigrants will get that money. It's sick. It's shamelessly backwards priorities. And we're not talking about some new fund that costs $20 million. We're talking about multiple billions of dollars for this fund. Now, when they pass the tax increase and we say, and we say you can't do this because people are going to flee the state, they'll say taxes have no effect on behavior and that they need to see proof that people are fleeing the state. They don't believe us. And then if you go far enough, they'll say, well, taxes uh, are patriotic. And, of course, the response to that is that we now live in the most patriotic state in the country, if that's the case. But, but what's happening with, these, with the Democratic supermajority in the Assembly and Senate and Cuomo being so weakened from scandal after scandal and killing seniors, covering it up, the preferential testing treatment for his family of private residents done by state health department officials, front-of-line access for the samples to get tested at the lab, that these out, this outsized power that you have of self-described socialists, mean that things are only going to continue to get worse if we don't step up and do this. I enjoy what I do in the House, and I believe Republicans are going to retake the majority in November 2022. I'm not looking for an excuse to leave. This is a more important calling. If anyone, can I, I hate to tell you, but you're chasing guys like me out of here. I just got to get my contract changed, and I'm getting out. But please, you know what? This is happening every single day, and this is exactly why we have to run. This is why everyone everywhere needs to go all in in order for us to do this. Because what happens if we don't, if our frustration turns to complacency, the Democrats only get more power and they do more of the same. So from the border crisis to what we're talking about in Albany, to defund the police and stabbing our, our, our great law enforcement that backs in New York City, I mean, this is our stand right now here in this state. And I really hope 
that you stay around long enough for us to be able to, to fight and balance this out in a year and a half. But I know that every day people like you are leaving. Listen, I, I do admire you because I know your heart's in the right place. I, I, and now you've got another problem, too. If you do win, you're going to have a state Senate that is, I, I mean, they're to the left of AOC in the squad in Albany. And, and I don't even think Cuomo's going to run for a fourth term. I think you're probably going to see the AG as your opponent. Have you thought about that possibility? Yeah, absolutely, and, the, and that is a possibility. And that the, this attorney general, she doesn't play well with the other party. She is a far-left AOC type ideologically. And, and quite frankly, with this nursing home uh, report that she put out a few months ago, my question is, what took so long? Because people like you and I were talking about this several months ago, the, the cover-up that was going on from this order. Why did it take so long for the AG to step in and say something about it? So that's a possibility we may run against her. Uh, but but she is not uh, any type of a strong politically immortal opponent, and and we see it too. I mean, we're we're talking about like there are middle income folks who want to have their first kid, and they can have it in the basement of mom and dad's house on Long Island, or they can go buy a house in Cary, North Carolina. We're talking about grandma, grandpa being unable to stay in New York because they can't afford to survive. So on so many different levels, the businesses that they get chased out. We also happen with. With Amazon, they were going to put a headquarters in Queens, and then AOC and the other Democrats sent all of those jobs to another state. So it's the culture, it's the policy, and you bring up a good point about the supermajority in the Assembly and Senate. We're close to breaking that. So that means that we, we have to recruit good candidates for state assembly and state senate, and they have to win because they barely have that supermajority. It's all on the line. I know I could just I could forego this race. It'd be a lot easier. I might have my easiest reelection ever if I don't do this. But I'm not in this for what's easy. I'm, I'm in this for what's hard and what's right. And that is why I'm in this. I'm giving up you know, the House seat. I can't run for reelection. And that's okay because it's time to, to move on and to, to make it the maximum difference possible. This weekend, I had Army Reserve duty this past Saturday and Sunday. I'm a Lieutenant Colonel still in the Army Reserve. I love this country. I love our flags, our freedoms, and I'm a proud New Yorker. And I'm here, I'm willing to fight for it, and I'd be willing to give up a seat in Congress in order to get it done. And I'll do it. This isn't for, you know, for my family. This is for all New Yorkers. And I, feel like, I think a lot of New Yorkers, millions of other New Yorkers, they feel the same way I do. So many people and so many companies now are leaving. And, and i got to tell you, I've seen this coming now for 15 years. Uh, I got to be really good friends when it was Governor Rick Scott down in Florida and Rick Perry in Texas and uh, the former governor of the great state of Louisiana uh, was, was up here. They were all up here, Bobby Jindal. Uh, they were all up here often, and they were literally poaching one business at a time and incentivizing oh. them to move to their states. And the businesses have been pulled out one after another. The single best thing that you could do, in my view, my estimation in New York, especially for upstate, but the entire state, is to open up fracking like they did in Pennsylvania. And that would be the financial rebound that would save the state of New York. Short of that, you can't tax, you can't tax the people of New York any more than they're being taxed without kicking them out. They're, gonna, they're all going to vote with their, with their wallets, and they're going to move to warmer temperatures and, uh, and, and just say forget it, or there'll be part-time residents, you know, for those people that hang in the Hamptons in the summer. 
Yeah, and you've got to bring spending under control. You need to find ways to create more jobs, reduce energy costs. Natural gas is a way for us to be able to do that, having more competition options. The cost of living isn't just about taxes. It's also about other factors, including having a job and making enough in order to make ends meet. I remember Rick Perry, when I was in the state senate for four years, two terms before going to the House, he came into my district multiple times just to meet with a CEO to get that business to move to Texas. He, he looked at his job as a recruiter, business recruiter for a state, and the businesses in New York were complaining they can't even get a return phone call from Albany. But I'll tell you, this is a winnable race. I mean, we'll run up the score on Long Island. Upstate, we're going to do great. If you're running for mayor of New York City, you have to win New York City. When you're running statewide, you can only lose by 40 points. We only need 29% of the vote in New York City. In Staten Island, you know, we'll do great there. We'll get in the 60s. We're going to go into these other boroughs, too. President Trump did a, a great job running up numbers. we got to talk to him. There are Democrats in New York City who are registered Democrats because that's what you do. But they're more conservative. They don't like the Democrats uh, causing violence to spike and the cashless bail and the fund the police movement. I think New Yorkers are ready for a change. They, uh, they know that this is unsustainable. I'll this tell you, not- it's fascinating to me because we're watching the recall effort go forward in California. You see that Whitmer is now, you know, I mean, her approval rating is next to nothing. And it's the same thing with Murphy in New Jersey, Wolf in Pennsylvania. All of these states that, you know, went with the draconian shutdowns and the executive orders on nursing homes and COVID, they're all paying the price. Uh, it's I it will be fascinating to watch. I do wish you well. I'm not trying to I mean, if, if assuming I'm still here, I will vote for you. You know, I'll I'll vote for you. Sean, I, I, I appreciate your vote and I don't want you to leave between now and November 2022 in order for me to actually get that. You're killing me. You know how much you costed me just to stay? You're killing me. I'm just just pointing it out. I've been working hard to get a contract change. But anyway, uh, I wish you the best. Thank you for being with us, uh, Lee Zeldin. 800-941-SEAN is our number. Quick break. Right back. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. 800-941-SEAN, our number. We're going to get to your calls in just a second here. We're still watching, and this is key and this is pivotal, um, in terms of, of stopping what would be an unmitigated life-changing, country-changing agenda with H.R. 1, which is no voter ID whatsoever of any kind, no signature verification of any kind, uh, usurping the constitutional authority of state legislatures to determine the, the means and time and place of elections, as we've discussed in great detail, and felons would vote and everybody would be registered and mail-in balloting would be you know, just the, the law of the land as outlined by D.C., not constitutionally by state legislatures, which is insane. We've been following all the states now that are making reforms that laws are now going to be followed and constitutions obeyed. And the problems that we ran into in 2020, we've we've talked about them ad nauseum. Uh, the Arizona state legislature passed a resolution that would stop the federal government from interfering uh, in their state's legislative authority over the management control and how they administer elections out there. Again, the constitutional authority is very clear for state legislatures. And so they have put forward a number of different bills out there. Uh, we have HCR 2023, a direct response to H.R. 1, which allows the federal government to share information with state election officials to develop a national strategy to improve election systems. 
Now, Arizona um, Representative Jake Hoffman called it an attempt by Democrats to rig America's electoral system. You have House Bill 2569 prohibits private funding of election activities like big tech billionaires did to the tune of $400 million in 2020. Uh, A concurrent resolution opposing H.R. 1, all of which are very, very important. Uh, joining us now to just give us an update on it, Richard Manning, president of Americans for Limited Government, and Jake Hoffman, member of the Arizona House of Representatives, their 12th district. Uh, they're the ones that are fighting against us. It's so obvious, um, you know, you're a House representative out there, uh, Jake, and I'm, I'm looking at what they're proposing, and you guys are saying, no, we're going to follow the U.S. Constitution, and you will not usurp our constitutional authority. Yeah, imagine that. Thanks for having me on, Sean. Imagine that, a state legislature actually standing up for its sovereign authority as our founders intended in this federalist form of government. H.R. 1 and S. 1 in the Senate, uh, which I call the Corrupt Politicians Act, is the most dangerous piece of legislation, at least in my lifetime, if not for multiple generations. They are actively trying to rig the system in their favor so that they can steamroll the country into one-party control like you see in states like New York, Illinois, California, New Jersey, etc. And your take, Richard Manning, because if we don't, if this does, if every state does not take this action, I fear, and, and I think it's important that everybody understand this here, because this is crucial. You have White House Communications Director Kate Bedingfield actually saying that Biden will do what it takes to pass H.R. 1 with or without a filibuster. So they think they're going to be able to just just ram this down the country's throat. Well, yes, they do. Thanks once again for having me on as well. Yes, Biden and, and his crew believe they're going to be rammed down their, America's throats. This concept of having one-size-fits-all elections throughout the country, no signature verification, no ballot security, and wiping away the ability of people to give money to engage in politics without fear of retribution. What Arizona is doing right now is so important because it's setting a standard on a lot of different issues about what other states should be be doing. We know that Arizona's doing it. We know that Georgia did it. We know that Texas is moving on it. Oklahoma's moving on it. We have state Wyoming just passed something. Indiana's moving on it. The state legislatures, this is the single most important thing that we have to remember. This is power vested in the states. And the state legislatures right now have to stand up and tell the federal government, back off. This is our purview, not yours, because there will be a fight in the, in the courts if the, Supreme, if the federal government goes forward. And the state legislators need to have a firm basis to stand on. And these pieces of legislation provide that firm basis. All right. And anything else you guys want to add to this before I let you go? Jake, anything else people need to know? Yeah, Sean. So HB 2569 that you mentioned, you were right. Big tech spent nearly half a billion dollars trying to influence the, the operation, the management and administration of our elections. We sent a resounding message here in Arizona that our elections are not for sale. And I encourage every state legislature, Democrat or Republican, because this is not a Republican issue. I don't want the Koch brothers coming in and funding our elections department, and I don't want George Soros or Tom Steyer coming in and funding them either. And we want every state to mirror our legislation and close that loophole so that we cannot undermine uh, the elections process in our country anymore. Uh, and there is something that people can do about can do about this. We need to start. We know that Major League Baseball got woke and went after election laws in Georgia. They have to be told. Big corporations have to be told. This isn't your job. And the what thing every single person can do is. Come 
contact your pick up your phone, contact your favorite Major League Baseball team, and tell them to go back to playing ball and not politics. They have to hear from their fans. They have to be backed down because if that doesn't happen, they're going to be the corporate world is going to be encouraged to continue this assault on our electoral freedom. All right, I want to thank you both for what you're doing. Every state needs to follow through and follow up and make sure that the confidence and integrity of our elections remain and that Washington doesn't try to usurp the constitutional authority of uh, state legislatures. Thank you both. Appreciate it. 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program, we go to Iowa. We say hi to Don next, Sean Hannity Show. Don, how are you? Hi, Sean. Thank you for taking my call. I appreciate it. Uh, Thank you for calling. Glad you're with us. Well, thanks. Um, I'm calling about this shooting in Minnesota. I'm a Marine veteran. I've got a son who's 13 years old, his mother is black. And I worry about this kind of incident because he's got Down syndrome. And I'll tell you, my heart breaks for the mother, I mean, uh, of this kid. But you can't, you know, the police made a mistake. They shot instead, you know, with a gun instead of a taser. So this this is the case, just to bring everybody up to speed. In Minnesota, where an officer meant to fire a taser, according to the police chief, um and not the handgun in this shooting the uh the name i believe is dante wright in that particular shooting anyway so they released the body footage showing the officer involved in the shooting carrying characterizing it as an accidental discharge and the police chief said they believe so far the unidentified officer intended to reach for a taser mistakenly grabbed the service weapon deployed a single bullet um 500 National Guard in Minnesota now have been activated across the Twin Cities. Obviously, we have the ongoing trial there. I, I just don't know enough about it yet to, to make an intelligent decision, and I don't know if anybody does, and I don't like to rush to judgment. Um, the simple facts are if you are detained by an officer, don't resist, don't run, don't jump in your car. We just had a police officer shot here in Iowa, a, a state trooper, and it's just unfortunate to see these guys not coming home to their families every day. So there's there's been a lot of issues with with the police that took place this weekend, and and we've gone over a lot of them, and we'll continue to go over them. Uh, my from my from my perspective, is that and my experience. I've actually I used to have a heavy foot. Let me be very blunt. I don't anymore, and I haven't for like ten years because I just realized slow down, don't be an idiot. You don't ever want to hurt anybody. I would never want that on my conscience. So I just, I, you know, I, I slow down. I don't go, I don't speed like I used to. But when I would get pulled over, most cops said I found most of my experiences were fine, no problem whatsoever. And I did have an experience with a very, very overly aggressive police officer. And I just kept being polite, listening to commands. This guy was having a bad day and he was letting me know it. And I just said, yes, sir. He goes, you know, I, you, you're getting five tickets today. And I'm like, oh, yes, sir. Okay, sir. I apologize. Here's my license. Here's my registration. And just, you know, just ripping into me. And uh, I, I just stayed polite and just said, yes, sir, you're in charge. Because on the other hand, you have to remember, they don't know when they go into any situation, what they're facing on the other side of that closed door. They just don't know. All right, back to our busy telephones. Mr. Morris is in Ohio. Mr. Morris, sir, how are you? I'm okay, Mr. Hanner. How are you? I'm good, sir. What's going on? Hey, uh, last week you had a lady on. I'm not quite remember what day it was, but she was saying her son was a police officer, and you was talking about the George Floyd 
case. And uh, do you remember that call? Her son was a police I officer. I do. Yes, I do. Okay. And and she and, and, she had a very different position than I did on it. Yeah. Right. And as I have said, I don't agree with you with a lot of your political um, remarks or experiences, but that's that's neither here nor there. But I will say this. When you were talking to her last week, um, I've been in martial arts for 55 years, and I hear I carry several different um, degrees in martial arts, masters and grandmasters. And I've uh, so when you were speaking on that, I was very impressed. <laughs> that way, I was impressed with you when you were telling her about the uh, what we call, as you've probably heard, it Japanese stranglehold. Yep. And you were explaining to her about how many seconds and just basically it should not have been. And I wanted to just say as, as based on your years, you would choke me out. I'd be on the ground and out in six, seven, seven seconds. Just about that. Yes, sir. And if you don't know how to bring somebody back, you're <laughs> in trouble. by the way, I've, I've had it done to me. So, you know, and I shouldn't admit it. My doctor's going to hear it and he's going to be angry because he told me specifically not to let him do it. But I, I wanted to <laughs> yeah. feel it. I wanted to know what it felt I, like. I, I heard you say that. I did. I heard you say that. And uh, if her son is still a police officer, God forbid, because he could be another Ch- Chevin or Chauvin, Chauvin, whatever yeah, his Chauvin. name is, yeah. um, because he sounded like, or she made him sound like, he had the same views that she had. And, what I uh, what I didn't yeah. like is the guy was very compliant very early in that video, and he did was handcuffed. He wasn't mm-hmm. the minute he's not resisting, all force has to stop. Well, I have a lot of a law enforcement background and I have family in my family that's law enforcement background. And as you was telling her, he, I seen where he was a little agitated sometimes. That was earlier. That that that's all correct. And by the way, and we had a great caller last week that said Hannity, you know, he might not respond to to manipulating their look. I I practice an eclectic blend of arts: Krav Maga, Kempo, Japanese Jiu Jitsu, uh, situational street fighting, boxing, and uh, we do. A, it's a very different sort of blend, eclectic blend of arts. And for me, it's very, very situational because of what I do for a living. And by the way, I would walk away from any conflict. You can call me any name you want. I'm not going to respond. I'm trained not to respond. Exactly. 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 But if somebody's in handcuffs, you and I both know you can do a lot to manipulate their fingers without breaking them. That is going to, you know the feeling. It's, ah, ah, okay, 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 you know. (laughs) You can go up between the, the handcuffs, pull him down, take him off balance. They could have put him up against the car, put his head up against the car, had him step back, spread his leg. He's completely off balance at that time. They could have even set him down and put him against the wheel of the car. Listen, I would have put leg, I would have put leg shackles on. I would have brought in a van and I would have had six officers put him in. That's what I would have done if he was, if he didn't want to get in the back of a patrol car and he was resisting to that level at that point. But you and I both know, and and I I defer to you because you know you're a grandmaster. So I, I you know I, I we bow in and bow out for every session, and I would just defer to you. But you I think would concur with me that the neck is the most vulnerable part of the human anatomy, and I'm sure like me you you know and and you practiced your whole life targeted strikes to the carotid artery, and it will knock you on your ass. Yes, sir. And you told her correctly, like you told her. You said 
I could hit you and drop you. And that's true. One shot. You told, I mean, you told her, you told her, correct. well, you told her, I think you was talking about more of a shooto, sound like, to the neck. It, it's more, it's sort of like a combination of you, where it's a targeted strike. You know, I'm sure you have Bob in your dojo, right? Your big Bob that you hit. But, you right. know, it, it would be, you know, you could pretty much use an open hand and just go in and I would, the strike is targeted to the lower, lower jaw, right into the carotid, one shot. Carotid artery. Carotid artery. Correct. You got it. You a fraction of a second, that, that minor cutoff of blood to the brain, coupled with the impact of the the jaw going up to your brain, will knock somebody right down. Right. And, and by the way, I never want to use this on anybody. I really don't. I, 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 I practice it, but I don't ever want to use it because it's, it's serious business. When I heard you talking, I was very impressed. Well, very impressed. Do me a favor. I heard, I heard, I knew you knew what you were talking about, and you was trying to tell her, but she was not listening. <laughs> she wasn't listening to you. And when Give I us your number, and one day we're going to call you back this week and continue this discussion, okay? Sounds good, Mr. Henry. Uh, All right, sir. But we always say uh, in our dojo, oos, oos. So I have a nickname in the dojo, but I'm not going to tell you what it is. Well, mine is a peaceful tiger. <laughs> I'm not telling you my nickname. I got to go. Uh, 800-941-SEAN is our number if you want to be a part of the program. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload hour, toll free. It's 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program. Now, we have a lot of issues involving the police from over the weekend. We had Antifa setting uh, Portland ice building on fire officers were trapped inside antifa rioters in portland uh set the u.s immigration customs enforcement building on fire agents were in there trapped behind blocked doors the fire began after rioters smashed the windows upper floors of the building and uh, antifa continued their you know what's now months-long siege of the ice facility in portland saturday night and you know, I've seen a lot of the, the videos of all of this. Um, I'm going to get to this case in Minnesota here in just a second. We have a New Mexico police officer. This is on video. Tragically shot and killed during a routine traffic stop, which set, up, which set off a 40-mile chase earlier this year, ending with the suspect also dying in the shootout with police. New Mexico State Police, you know, newly released footage shows the chilling moment where this New Mexico police officers gunned down during a traffic stop. Um, then you have this uh, uh, this horrible case in Virginia. I did not like any part of it for a lot of reasons, which we will explain as this half hour goes on. Um, an encounter with a uh, military officer uh, happened to be black and Latino, and it was during a traffic stop. And he got, you know, pepper sprayed and he had just picked up a new car. So he had those new car paper plates, not the real license plates usually that they would have. And, um, you know, people were trying to make a big deal over the fact that he it took 100 seconds for him to pull over because he put his flashers on, which is a smart thing to do if you don't want to pull over on a busy road and found a safe place to pull over. And then but the guns were drawn and then he was afraid to come out of the car and then he was pepper sprayed in that particular case. The Virginia officer um, in that case has been fired. And I, I mean, just a lot happening. Then, of course, in New York, 
You have this cop killer is on this commission to reform police in New York. Well, the cops family is now speaking out saying, are you kidding me? What, what is this? What, why is a, a convicted cop killer on all of this? Let me play from some of the sound. Now, the Minnesota case, National Guard have now been activated in Minnesota. Again, we have the trial of Officer Chauvin going on. Um, but they released the body footage of this uh, officer involved in the shooting of a 20-year-old, Dante Wright. Uh, the police chief there is categorizing it as an accidental discharge and claiming that the officer meant to fire fire the taser, not the handgun. Obviously, an investigation will go on, uh, saying that the officer mistakenly grabbed the service weapon and deployed a single bullet. Uh, and and as of now, the police chief said that so far they, they don't have any evidence to the contrary on that. Uh, let me play from the weekend protesters clashing with Minnesota police after the shooting. We're in a war zone. Listening to these flashbang grenades, it hurts our ears. Feels like we're in the middle of a war zone. These things can hit people. We need to go back. These things can hit people. Police are shooting. Hey, hey, I just talked they to just the, the, in the ear, it looks I like. just talked to Dante's mama. She wants y'all to chill out so we can get justice for Dante. Let's get justice for Dante. Person injured. Let's get justice for Dante. Oh, chill out, y'all. They wanna they wanna they wanna start some shit with us so Dante don't get no justice. All right, then you have let me play for you the, the shooting audio with the body cam. We'll show you the video on Hannity tonight. As you can hear, the officer, while struggling with Mr. Wright, shouts, Taser, Taser, several times. That is part of the officer's training prior to deploying a taser, which is a less lethal device. That is done to make her partners aware, as well as the subject, that a taser deployment will be imminent. During this encounter, however, the officer drew their handgun instead of their taser. For informational purposes, we train with our handguns on our dominant side and our taser on our weak side. So if you're right-handed, you carry your firearm on your right side and you carry your taser on the left. This is done purposefully and is trained. As I watch the video and listen to the officer's commands, it is my belief that the officer had the intention to deploy their taser, but instead shot Mr. Wright with a single bullet. This appears to me, from what I viewed and the officer's reaction and distress immediately after, that this was an accidental discharge that resulted in the tragic death of Mr. Wright. All right, joining us now to discuss uh, all of this, we have Sergeant Demetric uh, Penny is with us, 21-year vet on the Dallas Police Force, president of the Dallas, Texas National Fallen Officer Foundation. Reverend C.L. Bryant is is with us. Uh, a lot to digest here in all of these cases, Sergeant. 
and and I guess each one has to be viewed individually, of course. But your thoughts generally on it. We lost the New Mexico cop. Then you have the shooting. They say that the officer uh, was an accidental discharge that he meant to use his taser. Um, that, that seems like a hard mistake for me, from my perspective. But what do you think? Yeah, no, you, you look, you, you said it off the back. I mean, it's a lot to digest. Um, first and foremost, to, to address look, the New Mexico officer, you know, that's where our thoughts and prayers are, because no officer should ever have to die like that. Um, you know, I, I do want to make sure before I get into everything else that I address the fact that there have been nearly a thousand officer involved shooting this, shootings this year. And about 73% of those shootings have been aggression against the police. So we know that there is a culture shift in, in, in how people are viewing their law enforcement officers right now. And we have to do something about it. This year, we've lost 15 officers from shooting attacks and, and just, or, 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 or shooting-related incidents. Last year, we lost 45 total. So we're on the same pace to continue losing officers if we don't get a hold of this. And unfortunately, you have a situation where you have political leaders like the, the governor there in Minnesota that made an irresponsible comment about uh, uh, we lost another black black person to law enforcement, then you just demonize the entire law enforcement, law enforcement profession. So you got, of course, people are going to attack police when you got their political leaders saying that kind of nonsense to draw them out to attack police. And that just further fuels this, this radicalized narrative that, a, that police are killing and, and attacking black people. It's unfortunate, but that's where we are right now in America. And if we don't get a hold of it, we're going to continue. We're going to lose our country. Your take, C.L. Bryant, Reverend. The reason this must stop, Sean, and I agree absolutely with our officer friend there in Dallas. Be sure to tell Sam Allen and Burl Jernigan I said hello. The reason this <laughs> must stop is because if we look at the attack on the police as an attack on that single man, we're absolutely wrong. Society, American society, must understand when that police officer is attacked, they're not attacking him. They're attacking you. They're attacking the society that has put the badge on his chest to protect you. He sees the underbelly of society while we sleep peacefully in our beds at night. I've written along many a time with uh, the, the Sam Allen in particular there in, 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 in Garland, Texas, when I was NAACP president. I would not be a cop. I could not be a cop. They see things that we don't see, but yet we are uh, demonizing them in a way that will ruin and wreck our society. And our young people must understand that the police officer is there to protect and to serve. And we do have bad everything, Sean. We have bad politicians. We have bad radio hosts. We have bad preachers. We have all types of bad folks. And so naturally, every once in a while, we're going to run into a bad situation with police officers. But they are there for the greater good. And we had better recognize that, or as the officer has just said, we will lose our nation. I, I, I mean, you get the full gamut just this weekend. Um, I'm sure both of you now have seen the tape of Lieutenant uh, Carter N N Nazario. Right. Uh, what is, I'll ask you both, what, do you, what are your takes on that? CL, we'll go to you first. This is atrocious as far as that is concerned. And this is the prime example of why this must stop. The rules for radicals has taken over, and chaos is ensuing. And you have people who are afraid, Sean. And when people are afraid, the Democrats 
and the, the, the Antifa and Black Lives Matter and people who are anarchists are in a perfect position to actually take over the mindset of our young people and the streets of our but, society. But address specifically what happened here. He, he, he well, acknowledged the police officer's siren, pulled off when it was safe about 100 seconds later. I don't have a problem with that. I actually understand no. that. And he was communicating. The no, officers are asking him to put his hands outside the car and get out of the car. It's escalating very quickly. Guns are drawn. You know, we, you know, we see in the New Mexico case, you got a, a dead cop because a cop that pulls anybody over doesn't have any clue who's on the other side of that door. Um, and then uh, now in this particular case, you have a lieutenant uh, that's serving his country that's afraid to get out of the car. And, yeah, and we saw the comply, 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 Sean. That's what we must do. Sergeant. Absolutely. Sergeant. Absolutely. Sean, let me, let me say this. Look, the bottom line is on these traffic stops. Now, that traffic stop was handled completely wrong. I'm looking at it. I'm look, I've been a 22 year police officer. There's no way I would have that, that traffic stop that way. Right. The, especially in this climate, in this climate, okay? But when the guy pulls over and the officer's telling him to get out, all this stuff about I'm afraid to get out, I don't want, Nate, look, you know what? Hey, that's old guy. I'm telling everybody right now, police officer, pull you over, comply. Get out the car, do what they say do, because my ultimate goal is to get you home. I want to get you home because I don't want any officers to misperceive. Now, you got to remember, I told you earlier about the number of shootings that we had today, now, um, that we had this year, officer-involved shooting. A lot of them were, were perception. The officer perceived the threat to be something. What you don't want is for somebody to, to misperceive your actions. So you get out and you comply, and then you concentrate on going home tomorrow, going home the next day. That's the reality of where we are right now. Now, that other deal in Portland, Now we, I know we're jumping around. We got to deal with domestic terrorism in America. We can't have individuals because they're upset saying they're going to burn down buildings with police in it. That's, that's an attempted murder. That's a attempted capital murder charge. We should be going after every last one of those individuals, picking them up and prosecuting them for, for domestic terrorism, pro- prosecuting them for attempted capital murder on our police officers. We have to be diligent in how we have how we drop these individuals because that's the only way we're going to stop it all right as we continue all these uh instances with police sergeant dimitri penny is with us and reverend c o'brien i just find in, in my encounters when i used to drive with a heavy foot c o'brien i just am as deferential as i can possibly be with police and then there will be people who say hannity you have white privilege or what i i think this is good advice for anybody um, especially I think younger people, you know, maybe we have to teach our kids how to, how to interact with police and, you know, and, and right. show them the respect that they deserve. People do need to understand that the police officer has no idea, a, a traffic, you know, st- just a, an ordinary traffic stop, you know, pulling somebody over for speeding. The cop has no idea what he's about to encounter. And, yeah, and exactly. His adrenaline is pumping. Sean, I have a a notorious lead foot. I can't tell you how many times I've been pulled over for speeding. Hey, listen, if I I can stop with the lead foot, because I had that for the last 10 years I've gotten, I haven't even been pulled over in 10 years. You know, I'm very seldom, very seldom, Sean, have I, I, I've never ever gotten a ticket, even though I got pulled over. You know why? Because I complied. 
I know. I'll tell you why. Because you could talk your way out of anything. We all know that, Reverend. (laughs) And by by the way, if the person wasn't committed to Jesus before they pulled you over, they'd be committed by the time they left. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Glory to God. (laughs) Am I I right or wrong? By the way, Dr. Sergeant, I bet you've met, like, in the course of your career, you've had to pull over somebody like C.L. who's saying, my my brother in Christ, you know, and starts in and— and you know what? And you can't write him no ticket. You can't write him. No ticket. <laughs> you, you can't. Gotta, you, you gotta. It's like Jesus <laughs> just intervened and saved him from getting a ticket. <laughs> oh, oh man! Well, glory to God. But the no, respect look, for authority, Sean, has the respect for authority has to remain, or we lose. As the officer says, the sergeant said, the respect for authority goes away. Our nation goes away. Quick break. More with Sergeant Demetric Penny is with us, and also. The Reverend uh, C.L. Bryant uh, on the other side. Then your calls, 800-941-SHAWN. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. We'll get to your calls in a second here. Just final thoughts uh, from our guest, Sergeant Dimitri Penny, 21-year vet, Dallas Police Force. Uh, uh, Reverend Heavy Foot C.L. Bryant that talks his way out of every ticket uh, continues with us as well. I Listen, Bye. I have taught my kids, Sergeant and, and C.L., I, I said, let me tell you something. You know, if you're involved in an incident and a police officer pulls you over, a police, I, you take your hands and you put it out the window. You, you, you yeah, show, yes, right. sir, no, sir. Yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. That's it. And Amen. they write your ticket, say, yes, that's not the time to argue about the ticket. If you, if you think you were pulled over unfairly, you can go, go to court and fight it there. Not, the, not with the I officer. Have, sure. I have those same discussions with young people all the time in the community. And you know, I just finished dealing with a political campaign. I just finished running that. I've been talking to to kids across this country. And the bottom line is, I'm telling them, guys, we want you to get home. The field is not where you want to contest anything. You know, but, but you know what? You have this narrative. You have the radicals that are pushing that narrative. They're telling people, hey, you, you confront the police. You, they can't do this to you. They, you know what? That kind of stuff will get people hurt. It will get people hurt. So now, for, for I mean, and, and there's always the 1% of cops, unfortunately, that have no business being cops. There's only, and it's not the 99%. Right. I, I have Absolutely. found, I'll tell you both this, anyone that becomes a cop, fireman, doctor, teacher, 99% that this is their calling in life. This is why God put them there, CL. They they have a passion for protecting and serving and taking risks that the rest of us don't want to take. Absolutely Amen. right, Sean. Absolutely right. And as I was saying to you, these men and women see the underbelly of society while you and I sleep peacefully in our beds. And the alternative to that thin blue line is anarchy. It's the burning down of our businesses and people wanting to come and take your stuff out of your house in the middle of the night if that thin blue line goes along or goes away. And I want everybody to understand that I back the blue. And if you have any sense about you, you will too. And, uh, and, I just, know, I'll, 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 I, I don't think people are going to want to be cops anymore, uh, Sergeant. I think they're done. It, you know what? It's funny. I was just about to say that. Yeah. We, that's why we're seeing this decline in law enforcement, because of, of this anti-police rhetoric that has, has folded over since 2015. It has gotten progressively worse in, in law enforcement. Now these guys are afraid. Now you have a lot of cities that are removing qualified immunity. So you know what they're saying? Hey, police officers, if you mess up, 
we're going to allow the individuals to sue you directly. No, no, nobody can survive in that. If if they don't if they don't protect these officers and provide indemnity for them, there's no no one can be an officer. You can't do it. That's right. That's right. All right. Thank you both. Sergeant, always good to have you back. Reverend CL, I, I, one day just for fun, I wish I was the cop that pulled you over. I, I would love to see that action. I'd like to see that interaction. Um, you, so God you've been pulled you. over dozens of times and you never got a ticket. No, I've never gotten a ticket. Never got but, a ticket. Sergeant, look at this. If, if you could, <laughs> this is, he uses the name of Jesus to get out of tickets and it works. <laughs> Hey, I, I've got to try that. I know the good reverend, man. So the good reverend, you got to let him go, man. He, oh, he, he man. Go. I, nobody's going to give him a ticket and say, you know, uh, let me pray with Glory you, sir. Oh, God man. Bless God bless you. <laughs> hey, Linda, tell your pastor about Reverend CL. So so your pastor knows, well, you can tell the congregation, just just pray with the officer when they pull you over. Good grief. I can hear I'll him doing sure to it, pass too. It on. He will, ne- I guarantee, I, I, don't, I believe him. He's probably been pulled over 500 times, never gets a ticket. That's why he keeps speeding. Well, CL I is finally, awesome. I understand. <laughs> it cracks me up. Um, I never get a ticket. I'm like, of course not. You just talk your way out of it every time. 800-941-SHAWN is our number. All right. Thank you both. Sergeant, thank you. Reverend CL, thank you. Let's get to our busy phones. Krista, Florida, you're next on the Sean Hannity Show. Happy Monday, Krista. Glad you called. And I think I need to become a a fellow Floridian with you. I've had property there for many, many years. I think I got to move to that property. I I think you do as well, Sean. I don't know if you remember me. I called you. I believe I called back in March and and you had talked about having um, property that you share with your sister. And I told you how crazy the the market was because everyone's fleeing those. No, I don't share it with my stuff. sister. I, she uses my property. That's let me be. Let me be oh. blunt here. No, I, 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 she, listen, I love my family. Anything I have is theirs. They can have it. Okay. Well, you know, I, I heard you say that week I, when I was on the phone with you. I heard you say, and uh, in, in fact, I'm going to try to quote you here. I'm an idiot for staying in New York. And then we, no, that's an exact we were, quote. I. By the way, I'll say it again. I am an idiot for being in New York right okay. now. Here, I will hook you up because I am your friendly Florida realtor. But <laughs> <laughs> I do actually have me... property down there already. I've, I'm, I'm way ahead of you in that department. I'm ready to go. Okay, well, I don't know why you're you're up there in New York. I just don't. You must like because I'm an idiot. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'm just gonna tell you, I am an idiot. If somebody writes Hannity, admits he's an idiot. Yeah, I'm an idiot for paying New York taxes. I'm a dope. Okay, my mom used to tell me when I was a teenager that I was a glutton for punishment. So we're just going to say that because it sounds better than idiot, okay? So, and by the way, I did rewrite your New York, New York, and um, I talked about Oh, you want to sing it first? Let me hear it. Um, go, let's go for it. I can't, Wait, do we- I can't sing it. I can't, if I sing it, God, everyone, you'll, you'll lose callers. You know, no, no, no. If you sing it, the audience is going to laugh if it's really bad, but we'll give you a shot. Do we, any chance we can pull I, I, up I, just I, the I, music, I, the I, karaoke version? I'll What's that? I'll give you the words. I'm not going to sing. I'll give you the words. No, 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 no. You have to actually put some music behind it. Yeah, we, okay, we, we got to put a little bit of sing into this. I told I told Linda that I would get it recorded and I would send it to her. Okay, I did. All right, do your All best right. and do it a cappella. Let's hear. Oh, I just can't. I just can't. For real, I can't. But ready? Here you go. No, 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 it's your opportunity. Don't blow it. That is so not go. fair. That is so not. Fair. It's so fair. Let's go. Ready? You're brutal. You're brutal. All right. I'll tell you what. I'm gonna hit. The, I'm gonna hit start again. You get, but it starts right away for you to sing. But Ready? I can't. 
Five, four, I just, I just humiliated myself and admitted I'm an idiot, so you can sing. Ready? Five, four, three, two, one. Go. Hit it. Hit it. She's got to wait. She's got to wait. That's not the intro. This is the intro. Here. Ready? But I, no, I Hit just it. won't. I just won't. No, I news. Go ahead. I'm leaving today. No. Come on, go. All right, all right, all right, all right. Okay. You know what? You really can't it. sing. I could tell. That's bad. First of all, the reason I called, you Thank had you. asked, you know, where the heck is 60 Minutes? What are they doing? Why aren't they covering this? Right? All of this border stuff. Because they're too busy smearing Governor Santos, right? Which I just have to say, our governor's better than yours. Ha ha. But anyway, um, I, I, I it's not even a every... contest. I concede the point. Yeah, but I, but I listen every day, and everyone knows. Everyone knows that this Biden administration, this Biden residency, is violating constitutional law. At All right, time. hang on like, a second. We just got Joe Pags on the line that did our song. My buddy Joe Pags is here. Okay, give him the first couple of lines and we'll let him sing your song. Joe Pags, how are you, my brother? I'm doing great, Sean. I, I'm not really sure why Linda called, but I'm ready to go. Okay, so Krista <laughs> rewrote your song. Now, okay. she's going to give you the words. She's too chicken to sing it. So I'll let, right. we'll play the karaoke version. You can sing it. Well, maybe Joe can start it, you know, like the regular way, and then Krista can jump in with her words, and maybe no, no, she'll no, no, feel no, no, more no, no, brave no. with Joe no. on the line. Let's try it. Ready? Hit it. You can just no. sing the regular words, Joe. I can't. Come on, me. No. No, no, no. Start spreading the news. Come on, Krista. No. I'm leaving no, I can't. today. Krista, you can sell more houses this way. Don't want to be a part of it. New York, New York. Come on, Krista, let's go. No. No, Linda. What's that? What happened? No, no, no. Krista, you're banned from this show until you come. Can you, you, you can sing again. You'll sing this. You got to go back to the drawing board. And you've got, I'll even let you record it and then send it to us to let you practice like 40 versions of it. What an opportunity. Okay, so here's the thing. I have a guy that does all of my recording and he has the lyrics and he's going to do it. He's going to record it so I can send it to Linda. But I did just email Linda the lyrics just now. And Linda, okay, so what I'm going to do is this. We're going to play, when we get your version... We're going to play your version up against Joe Pags's version. Version, excuse me, <laughs> Joe Pags's <laughs> version, and uh, we'll we'll let the audience vote which one they like better. So you better get your game on. And Pags has the opportunity to update his version if he wants. And I gave Pags the lyrics, so Pags could even record those lyrics too. No, uh, I, I don't I like that idea. I like. I want to sing off on this show. I want. I want Krista's version and Joe Pags's version. All right, by Friday. There's your assignment. Love you both. Thank you. <laughs> All right. He can't go back. All right. Good luck, Krista. Until then, you are until we get that version, you are officially banned from this show. Okay? 
Okay, okay. I'm such a mean host. Uh, Pam is in Virginia. Hey, Pam. Good afternoon, Mr. Handy. How are you? I'm good. Do you have your version, or are we moving on to real topics? Oh, dogs would be howling from here to New York if I did it. Absolutely. (laughs) By the way, that's with me, too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I just had, like, a comment about our resident president. Mm -hmm. Um, First of all, it's kind of racist to say certain people cannot get driver's license. So the, the idea is, all right, when you get your Social Security card, which most people either get it at birth or when they're naturalized, they get a voter ID card, the end. They don't have to pay for it. They automatically get it. When they get their Social Security number, they get their voter ID card. It's that and simple. no question. Yes. Yeah. No and by question. the way, all states, if you don't have a driver's license, they offer you a state ID. So oh, either yeah, one, that, everybody, yeah. and, and I've given the list out a thousand times, you know, if you, if you buy a jewel pod for crying out loud, I got to hand over my license. It's, it's ridiculous. Absolutely. If you buy a six pack, I got to hand over my, can you imagine I'm getting carded at my age? It's ridiculous. Take it as a compliment. Trust me. I'm older than no, you. No, it's not a compliment. It's me. It, I love I love them. <laughs> well, well, you look younger than me, I'm sure. I'm getting those gray hairs are flying in, as everyone can tell. Thank you, Pam. Jacob is in North Carolina. What's up, Jacob? Oh, and Sean, I just want to start off saying thank you for uh, taking my call. Huge fan, been listening. Thank to you, you, sir. And uh, I just want to talk to you about uh, a little bit about the uh, George Floyd trial and a little bit about what's happening in uh, Minnesota right now. Okay. Um, the situation in Minnesota is terrible right now, but I mean, with the rights and everything, you, you can't really blame these people for the perspective they're getting. And on one side, you got the liberal media that is nonstop bashing cops, saying they are hunting down people and killing people. And you have one side that's waiting until the facts come out, analyzing the situation and dissecting it. And I just think it's kind of terrible that, you know, half the country believes that cops are hunting down killing everybody they see another half is looking at the situation and actually using critical thinking before jumping to a conclusion you can't uh, look at the actions of one one bad apple okay and say that that represents an entire industry you know a lot a lot of big cities now have majority minority police forces and this whole defund the cop movement and I mean, it's it's made things dramatically worse. Uh, people now, I mean, we're, we're now at a point where some people are emboldened to just attack the police. I mean, we just had in the last what multiple officers shot, stabbed in the last 24 hours. I mean, we talked about this New Mexico officer now is dead. You have three law enforcement officers injured during a police chase in Georgia that ended with one suspect being killed, a second suspect taken into custody. That was Monday morning. Um, And, you know, all these cases, Long Island, a cop is in critical condition. A Mercedes driver stabbed him during a traffic stop on Saturday night. Uh, We got then you got the case in Virginia where the. You know, we have a, a lieutenant serving our country, picks up his new car, and, and that escalated into what that became. And it's it's th- t- things are very, very tense now. And if the politicians yeah. racing out there, I mean, you had, literally within seconds, the Minnesota governor is blaming police yet for killing another black man. Now, we don't know the circumstances behind this. They're claiming it was an accidental discharge. I don't know. I wasn't there. But if you believe, we got to get the facts first. That's important. 
Sean right, 800-941-SEAN is our number. You want to be a part of the program. All right, Hannity tonight, 9 Eastern, Fox News. All of these issues involving the police. We have the video. We have the audio. We have everything you need to know. Dan Geraldo, Dan Bongino, Geraldo Rivera, Newt Gingrich, Kaylee McEnany, Leo 2.0, Terrell, Larry Elder, and much, much more. We have reporters on the ground in Minnesota and much, much more. 9 Eastern, please set your DVR. Never miss an episode. Hannity tonight, news you won't get from the mob.